You're tuned in to The Show on the Road, a new podcast where I interview songwriters, band leaders, and musicians from around the world. My name is Zach Lupiton. This week on the show, my conversation with a rapidly rising folk soul duo who in a few short years have gone from playing high school auditoriums to opening for Al Green at Radio City Music Hall and Mumford & Sons in arenas across Nashville and in the process have put together one of the hottest touring bands tearing through the country right now, The War and Treaty. Talking to Michael and Tanya Trotter the other day, it made me examine my life choices. When was the last time you stepped back and really looked at how you made those choices? Have you ever examined the roads that you've taken, the forks and dead ends in your destiny, and the people you met by chance, and how they changed you and set you on a path that may not just alter your history, but maybe the history of your country and the music that it listens to? Let's just say Tanya never met Michael that day outside that hot festival side stage, never let the spark that she was feeling inside her, seeing his huge voice quiver above his keyboard, never let herself demand that she talk to him, to tell him that they needed to work together and make a musical partnership, tell him that his voice and his prolific river of songs, which he honed as a soldier playing abandoned pianos in Saddam Hussein's broken Iraq, were the perfect, vulnerable foil to her booming, confident, and heartfelt vocals that came out of the gospel tradition but went way beyond the confines of the church. What if she had never met him that day? What if she didn't go up and talk to him? What if she didn't tell him, hey, you're my destiny? Now you can see where this is going. They went ahead and they fell in love and they've been inseparable since that day. And if you haven't seen Warren Treaty Live, the love and respect and affection, and I'm gonna say it, downright sexy connection that happens between the mics is something special to behold. Yeah, people say, well, they're like Ike and Tina Turner, right? If Ike was more of like a sweet teddy bear and Tina really loved him, but that's kind of trivializing what they're making here. They aren't making funky soul music that makes people boogie and that's it. I think they're making a new folk music that maybe nobody's heard before. And in the song that they play at the end of this episode, You can see the country influences coming through. You can hear ballads and soulful love songs that only can come from people who love each other and have been through the fire. When I first met them, we were both playing a small festival in West Virginia that took place in a high school, and we were more excited that Tanya had sung with Lauryn Hill in Sister Act 2 as a teenager than anything else. But then we saw them play, and that little stage seemed to levitate off the ground. I'm so glad I was able to uh, catch them on their way through LA. Uh, There's a lot of big stuff coming from these guys. Um, The amount of attention and love being thrown at them, you know what, it's well-deserved. You'll hear it now, here they are, the war and treaty. You guys are in town for a pretty special event, uh, honoring the lovely Mavis Staples. Yes, and, the queen. Uh, and you guys have kind of done some of these events honoring her, right? Yeah, yeah, we did uh, Nashville, uh, was it last week? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Nashville last week. And, uh, but we know that she's been in New York. They did the Apollo Theater, and then the Nashville event was in the Ryman. And that was kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. Get to see all our awesome. friends who we don't get to see because they're always on the road. Yeah. And, uh, so cool. Yeah. You guys, you guys hit it hard. Yeah, we, we like we like to meet people. You know, we like to do what we do, and when the door opened for us to do it, yeah. you know, we just 
ran with it because we had, you know, been, this is what we want to do with our lives. So it's, yeah. it's awesome to be able to do it and with friends and, you know, our incredible band and, um, and our son used to travel with us. So it's pretty exciting. Sometimes. Yes, sometimes. He's not with us this run because no. he's in school. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's doing the right thing. He's doing the right thing. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Yeah. What's your son's name? Legend. 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 Legend Michael Trotter. <laughs> he lives up to it. What's he, is he playing an instrument yet? No. No, he wants to be a horror filmmaker. He's totally into that whole world. You know, so. <laughs> did, you, did you let him see Get Out? He, he should. He's, he's, <laughs> yeah, he, he's into more like Chucky. Oh, yeah. it's weird, Jason man. Jason and, and Michael Myers. I'm yeah. like, where did this seven. come from? <laughs> Bad parenting. Just That's what it is. <laughs> who, does he, who does he stay with when you guys are gone? Right now he's with my parents. And uh, it's been pretty cool. They just retired, so they uh, have him a lot lately. You know, so works for us. Yeah. Where does that name come from? John Legend himself, actually. Uh, I, I'm a major fan of John Legend. Tanya is too. Yeah. And then I didn't want to name him Michael the Third. I'm a I'm a junior. Mm. My dad's a senior, but I did want to have some sort of association. And you know, I didn't want to name him Legacy, so I was like, man, <laughs> Legend, like John Legend, Legend, Michael Trotter. There it is. He has yeah. his own identity, yeah. and his greatness is attached to his name. So let's do it. Is it is it too much pressure? Nah. <laughs> he lives all the way up to it. I and mean, we have to scale him back a little. We're like, it's, it's, you got to get there first. So. I don't even think he understands the, it right now. But it's so cool to, to see him really just be different. You yeah. Know, he's very different. At seven, like Tanya was saying, it's not, a, it's not a joke. He really is invested in kind of film and that sort of thing. Does he remind you of, of you when you were a kid? All the way. Oh, yeah. All the yeah. way. Definitely. Both of us in different ways. Yeah, yeah. It's, it, it comes out when my mom's around. She's like, "Oh my god, he acts like he used to do that." And, you know, <laughs> and when Tanya's mother was around, she could see little things and uh, and, and of Tanya and him. Yeah, you know. So yeah. So, you know, you guys obviously started out on different paths musically, yeah. right? And you know, you started singing in the church, Michael, and. Mm -hmm. and uh, you know, when you started kind of doing more R and B and and mm -hmm. stuff, where, you know, it's you never know why it's not connecting on the way you want it to. Mm -hmm. And then you guys met at a festival, right? Yes, love festival. But <laughs> but he didn't he didn't really take you seriously at, at first. No, he did not. Actually, that he threw he threw my number away. So I always tell the I don't story. Know, we always have to talk yeah. about this. this is... <laughs> what, was there was there a connection right away, or was it something that you found much later? When wow, I would say right away. I mean, I knew what? when I saw him on the stage. I would say I knew when I saw him on the stage that there was something. Like I yeah. had to get to know him, so yeah. the connection may not have been like. Yeah. Oh, romantically, but well, I You knew took charge. I wanted to, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God you did. That woman. Oh, <laughs> I wanted to know him. You yeah. know, I wanted to know what he was about, and the songs I heard, I was just, like, blown away. So yeah. I wanted to know who wrote those songs, and, you know, when he told me, because he was performing, and when yeah. he told me that he wrote those songs, I was just, mm. I was blown away. 
I bought five CDs right immediately, and I was passing them out to yeah. people on the fair, on the grounds. You know, oh, be his agent. Yeah, yeah I, yeah, I should have yeah. just been right off the spot. Oh yeah. gosh, it was amazing. Yeah. Good luck with that. <laughs> <laughs> but sometimes it's like hard to acknowledge your own power, right? Like, oh yeah, I mean, when, you need someone else to sort of lift you up. I told her straight up when we when I. Kind of sense that she was starting to dig me a little bit, and I'm like, "Yo, don't don't dig me. I'm I'm not diggable. You know, I'm like, <laughs> I am I am I have nothing. Uh, at the time, I was a homeless vet, and I just was letting her know, you know, I I don't I don't I don't see this changing anytime soon. But I do know I'm supposed to be something in life. I don't know what that something is, or even how to get to it. And her response just broke me open. You know, she's like, well, let me tell you what I see. I see a king. You just need the right kind of queen in your life. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, oh gosh, you got me. I'm going to start peeing out the eyeballs here. And, but uh, yeah, I mean, I think we all go through those, that period in our life where we just don't see, the, we don't see much, you know, and then someone comes along and it's like, wipes your lenses a little bit. And that's, yeah. I mean, it, it does feel sometimes like when you meet your person, right? That like there's life before and there's life after. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, and there's a song, Hearts, on your new record, mm-hmm. Healing Tide, that like has this sort of, you know, almost like what if we weren't mm-hmm. one? Like what if we didn't come together? Yeah. Where would I be? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. yeah. You know, can you imagine like what, like what do you think you would be doing right now? I can't imagine. I mean, I really can't. It's like everything before him, you know, it's kind of a blur except the birth of my older son, mm. you know, but everything before him, it's like my spirit, my energy was waiting for him, mm. you know, to show up and just kind of seal the deal. And it's a beautiful thing when it happens Isn't fate that way. funny like that? It's awesome. Yeah. 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 Because it's like, you know, you've gone through homelessness, you've gone through, you know, your... Uh, you know, journey through the army in Iraq, yeah. and you know that type of sadness, that type of trauma. Yeah. You know, you need someone besides yourself to help you get through that. Oh, and yeah. you were right, and so you were writing songs. Yeah. For your fallen soldiers over there. Yeah, yeah, my battles, my own battle buddies, and and um, I just I don't know, you know, just purpose is just something else, and then when you feel purposeless, that's when like that. That quietness sinks in, and then you kind of confused and don't really know what to do. You get desperate at times, but you know, I mean, I'm just so so glad that uh, music led me to Tanya, and uh, Tanya and I found love. That's pretty cool, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And when did you guys decide on that name, the Warren Treaty? Oh, oh wow. boy! Arguing, arguing yeah. about changing the name. Yeah, exactly. we changed our name maybe six times. Cause you went as your individual names for yeah. a bit, right? Mm-hmm. Boy, Didn't we went, that. we went as that. We went as nine years apart. We went as nine uh, years apart. Yeah, yeah we, we took as, our two last names and combined yeah. them: Trotter yeah. and Blunt. Empty Earth. We had a Empty bunch Earth. Of Good <laughs> Lord. <laughs> we had a lot of. It was just craziness. Yeah. And I wanted to change the name again. I wanted to change it to our, our name of one of our songs called Dear Martha. Mm. And Tanya was like, we're not changing the name no more. You're like, <laughs> I'm like, so she's arguing at me, and I start arguing back, and she's like, okay, wait, 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 wait. This is not the war. We need to have like some sort of, we need to come to some sort of treaty here, you know? And yeah. I'm like, the war, the treaty, or the war and treaty? I'm like, hmm. 
It, ro- it rolls off the tongue nicely. Yeah. I like it. <laughs> I said, that's it. We're changing it to that. She's like, we're not changing. But really, it's like, you know, the music that two people can create together that is catharsis, that is working through your past and your trauma. It's like that is the sort of treaty, the the peace of, you know, what's possible Mm -hmm. in a way, you know. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, Healing Tide, obviously, is is the title Mm -hmm. track. Um, Tell me a little bit about how that song came together. Ah, man, sitting in my living room, I was watching a documentary on on Dr. King. Mm. Uh, you know, in the Civil Rights March and the music that had come out of that. And, and I was just really thinking, like, you know, this round time where uh, in our country is at a very pivotal standpoint. And we have so many different opinions, very strong opinions <clears throat> about what's going on. But one thing's for sure that we have, to, we've lost focus on how to love one another, mm. you know. And um, I just was like, you know, and then what if. You know, that movement that Dr. King had, you know, without the sticks and the dogs and mm. the fire, the, the power holes of the water and stuff. But what if the power holes of the water is the healing tide, mm. a tide of healing that we're power washing our country with? Mm. You know, would I be, would I want to be a part of that? You know, and, you know, and, and, I, and I thought about that and I started writing it, you know, like we're always looking for, you know, in our communities we hear, well, who's going to be the next Dr. King, the next Grover? Robert Washington or whatever. And what the answer is to all of us. Mm-hmm. This time, it's not, it's not going to loom on one individual. You know, it's going to be all of us. It's going to take all of us, mm-hmm. you know, and all of us that are willing. So that's what the healing tide comes from. It's just, would you be willing to lay yourself out there on the line and be a part of the washing, the cleansing, the solution, and not this problem? Mm-hmm. Because it can feel like, you know, that we're so powerless a lot of the time, especially, you know, we're touring around the country. We get a unique view of of everybody, Mm -hmm. you know, and a lot of people with different viewpoints come into the shows and there's always the moment where you kind of want to say something, but maybe you Mm -hmm. don't, Mm -hmm. you know, and uh, when you guys go to certain more red states than others, Mm -hmm. right, is there a feeling that you guys are not part of the community and that you have to kind of say like the music is what brings us together or is it something more than that? It's interesting because I think if I was anyone else, I would say I don't feel like I'm a part of that community. But then I I personally have something that gives me a green card into every community in our country and that's I'm a veteran. Right. I'm an ex-soldier. I fought. I bled. I literally bled for this country, you know, and, and it, it affords me the opportunity to feel, like, free. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I'm going to say what I feel, and I, I, I pay for that, you know. In particular, the festival where we met, um, we went back there uh, 2018, and something very unique happened. I mean, we were singing, doing our thing in the concert, and in the audience, there was a a white guy mm. with a red hat on that said, Make America Great Again. Uh-huh. And he's standing out in the front with his arms folded, just yeah. scouring and mm. looking at us like, if looks could kill. And I'm like, oh my gosh, we're about to have a situation. you know? And I'm, <laughs> and I'm just content. I'm still singing. And he does not break the entire show. Yeah. You know? 
And we sing Love Like Tomorrow, tomorrow. We, we tend to tell our audience to hug each other, and he would not budge, and no one was going near him. Yeah. And at the end of the show, we're in the merch line, you know, signing merch, and I see him coming, and I'm uh-huh. like, oh, boy, this is, <laughs> this is not going to be good. <laughs> and so I position myself a little bit away from my wife because, you know, she's still my wife. I'm, I'm still in protection mode, too, mm-hmm. you know. Just in case he gets a little crazy, I have to, you know, get them to move him down, whatever. Yeah. So he asked to speak to me. He says, I need to talk to you. Mm. I'm like, all right, sir. Okay. I get up, and I come around the table, and he walks over, and he spits. And he looks at me, and he takes his finger, and he dumps it in my chest. He says, I'm going to call you a thief. And I'm like, oh, boy, this is not good. Mm. You know, he's, and he's making a scene. They weren't saying it. Oh, man. He's like, I'm going to call you a thief. And I said, okay. And I'm like. Why? Uh-huh. And he says, because. And then he starts crying. Mm. You stole the hate I had in my heart. Oh, man. He said, I can't find it. And he said, I can't find it. And he's crying. And he hugs me. And I hold him. And I just rock mm. him like a baby. Mm. And I could feel years. I mean, he had to be in his early 70s. Mm. I could just feel years of built up frustrations and anger. Mm. Just kind of melting and I asked him you know but why 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 did you hate me mm-hmm. or or those that look like me his story was so interesting Zach he said that when he was a teen mm. he did not have those feelings mm. and he and his his girlfriend at the time were coming from the movies and five young black men jumped out of an alley mm-hmm. and beat them beat them bad Mm. Took his wallet and took the money out. Where was this? This was in West Virginia. Mm. And uh, he and his girlfriend, I believe if I'm saying this correctly, they were at the time in Michigan, Detroit. Mm. And uh, beat him. Beat him bad, you know. And from that day forward, it Mm. was like a mission. Mm. You know, because I think that they they, uh, injured her her more, you know, yeah. than, than him. So, so you know, your, your understanding has, and I had to then flip it and say, man, on behalf of those that look like me with this skin tint, mm-hmm. I'm sorry. You know? And uh, Wait, just, but why do you even have to say that? That's the thing, is that, like, yeah. you don't represent every single African-American person in the no. whole damn country? No, I don't. But I think it's important to... to to realize the opportunity. Yeah. Like, you may have an opportunity and to you can show, heal that guy. To yeah. show him that not all are mm. like that. And there's a difference. If I'm willing to, 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 I call it like the Jesus effect, you know, if I'm willing to, to take on this this mantle of saying, mm-hmm. you know what, that person is not here mm. to say he's sorry, mm-hmm. but I am, you know, I'm sorry. Mm. And then he goes, and I'm sorry too. And we hug. Mm. We hold each other, and now that brother's are preaching the gospel all yeah. over the <laughs> Facebook yeah. about loving one another and seeing, <laughs> seeing. You guys love. are Facebook friends. Yeah, yeah man, I mean, it's weird, <laughs> man. You know, I'm like, it's a story for the new, yeah. new, new yeah. era. Yeah, but it was dope. I mean, yeah. like, and that's to me, that's so. To me, that can be America. You yeah. know, mm-hmm. it is America in yeah. a lot of places. You know, it's the America you create. Yeah. You know? I want you to, if you can, tell me about the uh, the song, the little new burn that about your grandparents' farm. 
Yes. Um, when I was growing up, my dad, who also served in the military, met my mother mm. in Panama, and they moved here to the United States when my brother was five years old. And my dad would always, from that point on, take us down to mm -hmm. New Bern, North Carolina, where my grandparents and all my uncles and my aunts are on this place called Blunt Plantation. And mm. it's, it's like, you can just visualize the country mm. and everybody living in this one big gigantic circle. You know, mm. your, your aunt's house is right there. Everybody's house is about five yards away. You do, you know. Or, was it an actual plantation? Or yeah, exactly. It was, and it was passed down um, to my grandfather from someone he, one of the guys down there who he worked for, mm. who, um, you know, was it. The plantation was transferred to him, so he had given it from my to my grandfather for the work that he had done as a farmer down there. Mm. So he and my grandmother would get us every summer, along with all my cousins. It, I always say it's about fifty of us because it felt like fifty of yeah. us. I mean, we had cousins and second cousins, mm. but we would all come down there when we got out of uh, school, mm. in in May. So the last day of school, the next day, my my parents would put us all in the car. We'd drive down there and meet all my cousins, and we'd stay there for three months with mm. my grandparents. And that was every summer of my life. So mm. I didn't know what summer camp was because summer camp was, you know, playing around mm. in the hog pen and with mm. pet pigs and <laughs> corn and, you know, being in the barn and just hanging out with my cousins. So that place is very special to mm. me. And um, they're still down there, you know, mm. all my my uncles and my aunts that are, that are still alive and my cousins mm. um, for my aunts and uncles that have passed on they've mm. now taken over the property so it's kind of the a very special uh, special place to me and to my family and mm. the memories that uh, of my grandmother you know waking up smelling fresh bread and mm. you know fresh bacon because they just killed a pig yeah. you know what I mean? sorry guys <laughs> if you if you're a vegan but you know the food was fresh you yeah. know and, and we we really we we loved it. Mm. Yeah, and I still do. Can you give me that first, well, the words, the, f the first verse and chorus? There's a house in my dreams sitting on Blunt Lane. Mm. Yeah. I can hear Grandma sing. I can hear Grandma sing. While the morning sun's awake. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because yeah. you can kind of like feel yourself going into that world when oh, you hear yeah. that song. Oh, you yeah. Know? And it's, yeah. A, it's kind of like a postcard to a certain part of your life. Yes. You know, which is really cool. Definitely. Yeah, it's a special place. And we all have a place that we kind of can close our eyes and mm. visualize, even if it's just grandma's house. You know, you're over there or watching television with Mine's your just the Twinkie factory. Yeah. <laughs> I would love to just you know? be there. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, when they were going to uh, go out of business, Hostess, yeah. a couple years ago, oh, yeah. and my dad is like such a fan of like ho-hos yes. and twinkies. Oh man, I'm a fan and of he like <laughs> He was like part of the people who like, pro, like Protest. protested online. This. I love your dad. Like Where he was he? like, this is an outrage. Oh, oh gosh, I love that guy. Like, like <laughs> this is like part of my childhood. Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. of course. And they were saved. Yes. Oh my goodness. It's because of him, thank yeah. you sir. <laughs> That's awesome. What do you think your worst habit is as a touring musician? Ooh. That's hard to break. Yeah. Uh-huh. Do you want me to answer that for you? Oh, no. Well, you guys probably have your own bad habits. I've gotten Boy. better. I mean, mine used to be just, be, you know, I'll, I'll get up early and then just the last 10, 15 minutes before it's time to go, I'm always running behind. You know, so I would say procrastination, mm. you know, on the road would definitely be mine. Oh, my bad road habit. I don't know, man. I mean, it used to be 
the gas station stops. But it's not anymore. <laughs> it still is. You, just, you said Twinkies before. <laughs> Bro, that is a see? habit that I would never shake. I love gas station stops. He loves them. I'm he like, let's them. stop. <laughs> and so does our son. He's yeah. like, they're like rooting for the gas station. When we get into the gas station. Do you guys like cooking when you're home? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. We like to cook. Yep. I like to eat more than cook, but <laughs> I love to cook. Who's well, the better cook? Michael is. It might take him longer, but because he puts, it's messier. Like, it's way messier. Yeah. It's way more expensive. I mean, he makes yeah. an incredible hundred and twenty dollars spaghetti. Mm. I mean, it's, man, we uh, <laughs> we should have a spaghetti off. <laughs> oh my god! I mean, it, it's so good. I didn't know he could cook. We've been married Bolognese. now for nine, eight years, and I didn't know he could cook for, I would say, about six of those years. <laughs> Holding no, out. Holding all the way out. Oh, she's such a great cook. I was like, man. And he was like, oh, I'm so hungry. I'm making three meals a day, you know, <laughs> sandwiches, you know, gourmet. And he's like, I'm going to make you something for your birthday. He made this meal. I was like, this is like next level, you know, <laughs> Moroccan yeah. chicken. You know, as soon as you put it in your mouth, it's like melting in your mouth. I was like, oh, my God, I'm so mad. I don't know if I was going to be happy or upset because, mm. you know, it was so good. I'm <laughs> like, and I've been... Slaving around that kitchen. <laughs> That's one of the things. Like people always are like, "Well, you can save money if you go to the grocery store and you get a bunch of groceries." And I'm like, "I get 120. dollars I'm making one, one meal, meal. one big meal, yeah, you, and then I eat it in two days." Yeah, and, yeah. And like I could have gone to four different Italian restaurants. And exactly. You know, six different ways. And Michael's ex- he's turned us on Uber Eats, so we're yeah. like, "Oh, don't tell." Me. I feel so bad. I'm like, Michael, that is so lazy. It's called Stop Uber it. Eats. Next I'm getting, question. I'm getting lazy. <laughs> Wait, are you guys based in Michigan? We're in Nashville, Nashville now. Oh, Nashville. Yeah, okay, we've yeah. been there for about a year and seven months. So miss, yep. I miss Michigan. Mm-hmm. I miss it a lot. Do, were you living near Detroit? I'll be in Michigan. It's we're like, in the middle of, like, in the middle of Kalamazoo. And okay. About an hour and a half from Ann Arbor. I went yeah. to U of M, so I have a lot, oh, of, okay. a lot of love for Michigan. Nice. Yeah. And uh, what is the most exotic? Place that you've played recently? Well, we did Kayamo. Cruise? Yeah, and they went to uh, Jamaica. Mm. That was pretty cool. Uh, Australia was dope. Yeah, Australia was great. Oh, no. We haven't, re- you know, it's funny, we have not played abroad that much mm. yet. Uh, like this year, we're going to uh, Dominican Republic with John Prime. London, Holland. Mm. We're starting. Uh, we're we're yeah. just now starting to get outside of the U.S. a lot. Yeah. But I would have to say for right now, it would be Australia. Mm-hmm. Australia yeah. was really great. I mean, this the Warren Treaty sort of uh, project really has only been going full steam for, what, a couple years, really, you know? in yeah. the, In the sense that, like, Everybody is suddenly aware of you mm-hmm. in the Americana world. Well, man, we to be honest with you, it's, it's weird because I don't know if we we know it. You know, people say it, and you're like, really? Like, you know. Well, sometimes it doesn't translate financially right away. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it's weird. We haven't noticed anything, and not in a negative not notice. I think we're so, like, just happy to be anywhere. Or too busy to notice, man. Yeah. We're just happy, you yeah. know, and like... Like, yay, all right. You know, and we look at, like, things, like, when we start seeing us on the same bill as our friends, you know, like, we start seeing uh, reoccurring names and stuff like that. That means more to us than anything, you yeah. know. And then, um, you know, like you said, bands we're fans of, mm-hmm. you know. 
like uh, I remember when uh, Tanya went back to the hotel, and me and our old guitars, we came and sat and watched uh, Sweetwater Warblers mm-hmm. and Dust Bowl, mm-hmm. and it was just like I was like, man, it was. Really he came back. He was like, "Man, he was incredible." <laughs> I was like, yeah. "You know, I, because yeah. I hadn't mm-hmm. seen in a long time any band use the horns, the mandolin, and the violin mm. that way." Mm-hmm. To me, that was beyond unique, and I was like excited about that. But I mean, Ty and I—I I think another reason, honestly, is because we're so happy to be able to sing, mm. be able to play instruments, and be able to make people happy. Mm-hmm. You know, that, yeah. that nothing matters. Nothing else matters. I mean, it, it just, you know, we haven't been tainted yet, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah. by, by by all the bullshit that people talk about. Yeah. And it, we, we took our moments where we yeah. cry and yeah. we celebrate. I think that's what, for us, is moment by moment. It's like, wow, you know, now we're doing Al Green and we have this whole team. And we mm. have a, employees and, you mm. know, it's different now for us to be able to look at that but we're still learning grateful. too we're mm-hmm. still learning the importance of these places like yeah. I mean when you come from neighborhoods we come from uh, the big thing wasn't the Ryman mm-hmm. the big thing was the Apollo Theater mm-hmm. yeah you know um, the big thing uh, wasn't so much getting out to LA as much as it was going to play in New York or Detroit mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know so we're starting to learn the importance of you know of course you know we 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 knew the Holy Grail was the Ryman, you mm-hmm. know, and to be able to open for Al Green was major. But we also opened for Bob Seeger, mm. which is not as in our communities that look like us. It, it, you know, my dad was like, who? You know, so <laughs> so it, it's so funny when you start to learn the importance. Mm. And that makes you humble. And, mm. I, you know, it's so, um, you get filled with humility to be able to understand that, you know, like, We've had those that that like when you go and and you see the church that Dr. King, mm. you know, spoke in, or when you go around and you look at the 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 the, the church bombing in Birmingham, mm. you know, and I mean it's just we we you know we all we get to do some amazing things because we've embraced the idea of music. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I just, I yeah. don't know, I just... And, it's, and, it, and to be chosen, mm-hmm. you know, it's like having a child, you mm-hmm. know. I always look at it like, wow, I've chosen to do this. Mm-hmm. You know, what an incredible opportunity. Mm-hmm. You know, what a gifting from the universe to say, hey, you're the one, mm-hmm. you know, for this moment and this time that's going to carry this child for nine months. Mm-hmm. And there's another person across town that can't. Mm. You know, so you are humble because you're chosen for that. And that's how I look at music. You it's know? not that you're better yeah. or worse. Yeah. It's just that yeah. you were chosen for whatever for reason moment, yeah. it is. Mm-hmm. You know, like they could have asked anybody else to, to do the Mavis thing. Mm-hmm. But they asked, they asked us mm-hmm. and we still scratch our heads like, what? Yeah. You know, and <laughs> what was it like being at the Apollo? When we went to the Apollo, we didn't go for Mavis's mm-hmm. thing. Mm. We just went. To, um, they have another, they have an upstairs port called the Cafe. Mm-hmm. Apollo Cafe is huge. And, uh, but they walked us through the theater mm-hmm. and showed us all the signatures. Mm. You see Ray Charles' signature, you know, and you see guys who are gone and you'll never, you know, you're like, man, I wish I was around, I could have did a duet. And then you touch their signatures mm. 
you just feel the vibrations, you know, and then you walk on a stage and you see the log or Sandman. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you just walk across there and you think like, holy hell, this is it. Like, this is... Yeah. But the same thing when you go on to the Ryman. Mm-hmm. You know, you mm-hmm. think about everything oh, that you've heard. Mm-hmm. And then for us, I mean, it's it's even it's even more of a sacred thing because think about how many black people who have not been at the Ryman. Mm-hmm. On that stage. You know, on that stage, mm-hmm. you know, and that's a very interesting mm-hmm. stat, you know, mm-hmm. and then the Warren Treaty, we get a chance to go up there as husband and wife and mm-hmm. and sing and, and not as a color, but as a people. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. that's pretty cool, you know. Mm-hmm. So if you guys I'm gonna ask you a very complicated question. If you guys could throw your own festival, a any venue or place in the world, where would it be? And then the first five people you would book, dead or alive. Mm. Yo. This is your kind of question, this Michael. Is Michael does this we all are so the time cringy, to I do this all the. Yes, this is does. nothing for me. Yeah. Um, the festival place for me would be uh, it would it would be Iraq. It'd be Iraq. And I would have... Is Saddam's uh, castle or whatever still there where you, oh, they you found prob- that piano? Yeah, um, they probably tore it down by now. Yeah. But it was there when I, when I was there. <laughs> they should have torn it down then because yeah. it was just tore up. All right, so live in Iraq. Live in Iraq. And uh, I would have... Uh, Not in the summer. <laughs> well, it's always summer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'd, have, I'd have to say, let's see... Uh, it might shock you. Mahalia Jackson will be first. That doesn't shock me. Um, I'd have Johnny, Ray Charles. You said five, right? Johnny. Johnny Cash. I was like, there could be so many Johnnies. <laughs> yeah, Johnny, not Johnny Mathis, Johnny Cash. Uh, so Mahalia, Johnny Cash, Ray Charles, Rolling Stones, and Queen. Wow. Man. I'm not letting you off the hook. I need your yeah. I need I need your five. Well, I would have it in my mother's birthplace. I would go back to Panama. Rainbow City in Panama. Oh wow. And have it there. It's the international flavor. Yeah, it would be international festival. flavor. And I think I know where And I would have I know your five. Celia oh Cruz would be definitely there. You know, with it. Pedro playing his horn. And I would have um Whitney Houston. It's the craziest festival. Barbara Streisand. <laughs> Oh, it gets, this gets great. I know this answer. I know these answers. Uh, Stevie Nicks would be there. Mm-hmm. I would throw a little flavor in there. Stevie Solo, not Fleetwood Mac. Fleetwood Mac. She okay. would be there. Ah, Fleetwood that's Mac. best. Yeah, because I need I mean, a band. I got to have a band. I got to have a band there. Yeah. And my last person would have to be... I can't do five. I got to have these two. All right. Aretha and Dolly Parton. Mm. That's I maybe I'm doing a duet, you know. Yeah. Combo I can't believe I forgot Michael. Yeah. Lord have mercy. There's just so many great artists of different styles of music that Prince. You know, you just love, you know. Is there is there someone recently where you actually got starstruck? Yep. Recently? Mm. I did. Uh, Mine was, was, was Marcus. Yeah, Marcus, Marcus Mumford, actually. Mm. Just, just, just yeah, I, I've, that's like my favorite, mm. you know, band, right? You know. The, the Mumford and Sons. Mm. Just and Marcus Mumford is he's just an incredible human being. I mean, Seems like a sweet soul. Oh my goodness, bro! That's I got a Marcus Mumford story out of this world, man. Just his attention to detail is what's really important. Mm. But I mean, you're talking about Mumford, they are 
arguably probably one of the biggest bands right now. You know, and uh, they had a show at Bridgestone Arena. They sold it out, 20,000 screaming fans. In Nashville. In Nashville. Sold it out. Asked us to come and sing one song during their encore. We're like, sure. And it was our song. Mm. I thought they would sing it with us. Mm. But they go, all right, we're in treaty. And then they go and sit down on the stage in Indian style right at the mic. I'm like, wow. And I'm looking down like, what? And they didn't tell you they are going to do that? No. I mean, like, it was like, we'll, we'll, we'll join in soon. And then it was like, oh, we're treaty. And they sat down. I was like, wow, okay, well. Well, they caught word that our show, our ne- the next show we were going to have was that Thursday mm-hmm. in Birmingham mm-hmm. at a club called Saturn. Mm-hmm. And... um they were having a show that Saturday mm-hmm. before that Thursday in Birmingham. Mm. And uh, our lawyer, who was really good friends with them, he was just like, yeah, they got a show. And Mark said, how's it going? And they were like, man, um, the tickets is we weren't selling this week. tickets at all. And we <laughs> sold 25 tickets. Yeah. We're like, <laughs> oh, shit. This is terrible. He's like, ask them if they come to the show and do the same thing again. Mm. So we drove up from Nashville and this time we show up there, there's a parking space with our name on it. Mm-hmm. Then there's a dressing room. Mm. And it has like big letters, the Warren Treaty, yeah. and under it, this little writing, Mumford and Sons. And I'm like, mm. what the hell is going on? Then we have a chef in there cooking for us. I'm like, <laughs> and all this bur- Mumford and Sons merch. Just, yeah. This, I'm like, you know, what is going great. on? And then Marcus comes, and, and Winston comes, and they sit Ted down, and Ted, and, and they just come and sit in the dressing room, just talk, you know, just. And then Marcus is like, "Oh gosh, I'm, I'm sorry, I gotta go, I gotta get ready." So then we go out on stage, and he knows that I have severe PTSD mm. uh, from the war. <clears throat> we go out on stage, we do the thing, and there's the the audience is screaming, mm. cheering to the top of their lungs, mm. and stomping, and it, it wasn't the screams, it was the stumps. Mm. That triggered something in me, and and man, I was having a PTSD mm. attack, and right on stage, I'm looking. Yeah. It's visible. I'm looking for the exit. So like, <laughs> is it like a panic attack? It's that... it's big, yeah. you know. And I'm like, I gotta get the fuck out of here. Oops. Mm. I'm sorry, Zach. Professional. Oh, there's this is, you can cuss all you want. <laughs> and just when I locate the exit and I'm getting ready to go, Marcus walks right up to me and goes, "Now, Thank Michael. Yeah. Now, Michael." <laughs> We're not going to let PTSD steal our moment, are we? Yeah. Oh, man. He said, you belong here. This is where you belong. Mm. He says, don't let nothing tell you you don't belong here. Mm. Now, let's go sell your show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he walks me to the mic. He goes, everybody, listen. They have a show, and you're going to go to it. And it's here. Mm. Tell them where it's at. And I'm like, holy crap. <laughs> And I, I told the people to show, and then throughout the rest of the night, he goes, you know, he was like, I know we're having fun. He was like, I, I can guarantee you, you'll have a lot more fun at the Warren Treaty show. And he just, just keeps, keeps saying it. Yeah, yeah. pushing it. <laughs> the show sells out, you know, and um, that's that's a beautiful thing. Isn't that beautiful? Special. The opening track uh, of Healing Tide is uh, this beautiful acapella piece, you mm-hmm. know, Love. Yeah, like there's no all. tomorrow, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like kind of almost like a mantra, you know? <clears throat> because, you know, especially, you know, when you go through stuff like you guys have gone through, yeah. you know, where you feel like 
this is the only thing that's going to get me through. Mm-hmm. This is the only thing that really matters. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. And uh, what do you feel when you guys sing that song each night? That. That. Yeah. That's exactly what we mm-hmm. feel. It's like, this is it. Yeah. And it's so many reminders of mm. it. You know, we had a young lady at that show we're talking about in Birmingham, wasn't she? Yep. In, Birmingham? in Birmingham. And the last song, she videotaped us singing the song. And mm-hmm. the last song that she would ever hear mm. and her friends would ever see her post was Love Like There's No Tomorrow. Mm. She came to the concert and died that night. Jesus. Wasn't sick, wasn't anything. And just died in her sleep. Just died in her sleep. Oh my God. I mean, so things like that. Yeah. You know, we all think that Oof. we're immortal, you know, mm. because we're young and mm. vibrant. And in some ways we are. And the spirit lives yeah, the on. the spirit lives on. But this, you know, our body's always be here. <laughs> you know. All right, I'm going to do a creative exercise, and then we'll get you guys to do a little song. <laughs> so <clears throat> I want you to not think of anything. Boom. That's Mine's easy clear. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then the first thing I say, you guys are going to react. All right. Okay. Veil. Lift. Curtains. <laughs> Green. Plants. Other side. <laughs> Other side? <laughs> yeah, <that's not. laughs> you said first thing, me, yeah. I'm being honest. <laughs> Airplane. Fly. Sleep. <laughs> <laughs> Sexy. Tanya. Michael. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, liked her, I liked her little pause. Yeah. She's like, I could say something else. <laughs> Idris. How do you guys stay a couple when you're traveling as a business? Do you have to sort of take a, a day, the days off as like, hey, we're citizens tonight and we're going out to the movies? Or like, how do you guys keep... Keep it fresh. We've tried that. It doesn't and it work. Still ends up being a business talk. Michael is a. Um, there's some people that can take off. Mm. You know, there's but the thing about us is, which is interesting, is that a part of him having PTSD mm. is the music is therapeutic mm. for him. So it's always going on. So I don't look at it as as work. He writes two, three songs a day. Mm. You know, and it's full songs. I mean. The band learns them, and I learn all the lyrics, and we we might do them, we might not do them, but there's never sorry Max, there's never off for him yeah. because it's therapy for him. If he mm-hmm. doesn't do it, it'll drive him insane. For me, you know, I have um, I have responsibility of, of legend, I, and he mm-hmm. does too, but in a different way. Mm. And Michael, and then I have a house, and I like to cook, and mm. I have other things that I do that make me feel normal. Mm-hmm. But normal for him. Him cutting the grass or washing dishes, that's not normal for him. You know yeah. what I mean? But it's my normal. So mm-hmm. I think it's, you know, for us, it all kind of just works together. We don't cut it off and say, okay, for this hour we're going to talk business. Or this hour we're going to just be husband and wife. Mm. And we have a business meeting and we want to just kick it after 10 minutes later and watch a movie and just, you know, chill and laugh and have fun. That's just kind of what we do. So there's mm. really no order in but how we But I, I will say this, we've learned how to normalize. Yeah our marriage out mm-hmm. on the road mm-hmm. and that's argue yeah you know how you 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 see certain arguments coming on you're like i know i'm gonna stay away from that mm-hmm. <laughs> we have dug into every argument yeah 
And we've made that decision that, hey, if, if it's an argument you want to have, mm-hmm. we're going to have it. Yeah. And when we're done with it, we're going to hug it out. Mm-hmm. We're going to shake on it. And we're going to let the argument be the argument and let the marriage stay the marriage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that is something that Tanya and I have, have done. And we, we call it brutal honesty. Mm-hmm. And that's how we've, we've been able to survive, mm-hmm. you know, each other on the road. You know, and yeah. it's, it, it works. It, it feels great mm-hmm. to be able to just argue and argue your point and and not make it about uh, fighting. Mm. Fighting is never good. Arguing mm. is, mm. you know, and uh, and knowing when to walk away. You mm. know, if you know your partner well enough, like yesterday, <clears throat> take your break. You take your breaks. You know, we were in yesterday. We were in uh, at the at the oh. mall, and, and I get in my moods. Like I love to shop, so I get in my moods where if we go to a store, I'm like, I want to do my thing. You go do your thing, but he likes to go with me, mm. and then he gets tired of me being in the store. He'll leave anyway. Mm. But you know, we walk into the store, and he's like, I'm gonna go get a suit jacket or something. I'm like. I want you to go. I'm like, you're just going to get a black suit. I mean, what do I have to go in there for? Mm. And he was like, never mind. You don't have to go. He's like, I don't want your energy in the store with me. So I'm like, okay. He goes his way. I go mine. We meet back up in the middle and it's great. You know, so you just know your partner. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, since you mentioned Johnny Cash. Yes. Uh-oh. I've been staring. Uh-oh. You know. <laughs> since he was one of your five. <laughs> Oh wow! Nice book. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna. We have Johnny Cash, The Life, right here. Yeah, man. Uh, pretty great book. Yeah, man. We're gonna go th- to a random part of the book. Yeah. And then we're gonna. Okay. Ooh, yeah. This is a when he came up with the song uh, "Sunday Morning Coming Down," and he started singing that. <clears throat> Let's can we can we just read this paragraph and yeah. then, and then we'll and then we'll see what Just the first one up to the album. Yeah. Okay. Cash first sang Sunday morning coming down during the ride this train sequence that aired February 25th and illustrated it with footage enacting some of the scenes from the lyrics but Cash wasn't satisfied with that version. So he sang the song again on the April 8th show. This time with a more aggressive musical backing and a more convincing vocal. That version was included in the subsequent Johnny Cash show album. Do you guys ever feel, after you recorded something, that you are never going to be fully satisfied? Bro, we're going through that right now. Yeah. <laughs> we're, recording. we're working on a new album right now. This is, yeah. Where'd you record it? In Nashville? Not yet. We're still, we're we're still, still recording. Yeah. We've, we've gone through that. With the, with the albums we've done, we've gone through that with the shows we've done. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's like there's one song in particular uh, called "Good for Me" that we have right now. It's, it's kind of a, a bluegrass kind of like train back yeah. train beginning. We just can't sing up until last two nights ago. We it just didn't feel right. You know, yeah. like something's off. And, and I realized that uh, you know usually. It's the basis that makes a suggestion, or it'll be like Tanya, or it'll be like um, the the organist. But this time it was the drummer. Mm. Yeah. He's like, I know what's wrong with it. <clears throat> I'm like, well, and I, I'm blaming him. I'm like, I, I do too. It's the backbeat, man. It's the wrong beat, you know. What I'm, <laughs> I'm blaming Nolan, you know, and Nolan is coming up with the suggestion. He's yeah. like, you need to get Philippe off that organ and put him on that guitar. Mm. Mm-hmm. I'm like, there you go. <laughs> 
okay. He was like, that song, I need an organ. It needs guitar, man. <laughs> acoustic guitar. I was like, we already got Sam on electric. He's like, nah, it man. You need the acoustic guitar. Yeah. And last night, last night, uh, Monday night. Was it Monday night? The yeah. Troubadour, yeah. We played a Troubadour show for the mm-hmm. first time. And we did that song. Mm. And I was like, it worked. Mm. This is how it's supposed to feel and sound. Mm-hmm. No one was right. Yeah. I hate that about it, but he was right. You know? <laughs> yeah. It is funny how it's like a song that, you know, it feels like a almost like a person with like three legs and like one arm and then the guitar is subbed in for the yeah. organ yeah. And, and it's like your Brad Pitt. Yeah. 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 Like, yeah. I'm in there. Man, it's yeah. just looking real good. I'm just looking real good right now. Yeah. That's true. When uh when do you think the new record's gonna come out? Next, next year, year sometime mm-hmm. hopefully I mean yeah it's next year hopefully <laughs> <laughs> yeah hopefully we have like a hundred songs already so we have to sift through it would you guys take us out with a song yes yeah got Max Brown our music director for yeah. the band actually you should tell me who who is your full time band or do you have uh, yes. different people coming in and out we have the same band Max Brown, who's our music director, music director. MD. Mm-hmm. We have Nolan Neville's the drummer. Drums, um, uh, Sam Wilson on guitar. On guitar. Uh, Philippe Bronstein on organ and guitar. And pedal steel. Pedal steel. Mm-hmm. Sam plays pedal steel. And mm-hmm. then we have uh, Chuck Mulligan on uh, saxophone. Mm-hmm. And we have uh, Joe Jordan on trumpet. Mm-hmm. I thought we had a big band. <laughs> You're the reason we have big yeah. <laughs> You guys fell into the trap. Fell into the trap. It just feels too good. Yeah, right. You just keep hearing stuff yeah. and keep adding. Man, when y'all did that, uh, there's a song you guys do uh, that, that took me to my childhood. It was Elijah Rod. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Joshua fit the Battle of Jericho. John John the Revelator? John the Revelator. Yeah. And um, I was like, I wish we did those songs. No, I, I knew it was yeah. one of them, yeah. but it's the way you guys... Arrange and and, yeah. and slow down to sing it, and, and yeah. you know your voice just is really cool with that, and how BB responds and stuff. I think it's dope, man. And I heard the the original version of that that I heard was uh, I think it was Josh White, mm. the blues player, and it was just him, no accompaniment, just going. <laughs> and it just like, and it's almost like there's this correlation for me between. Super old school blues and like Indian raga music. Mm. Where yeah, it's kind of like, mm, yeah, yeah, and that's kinda, what y'all, yeah. You know, it's this wow. this drone, and then when you go to the five, you're like, ooh, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, love, I, I it, it freaked me all the way out. And then uh, when you when you told the Sweetwater Wilders to sing with y'all, background, yeah. Lindsay Lou, man, Oof, Lindsay amazing. Lou, amazing. All right, Max. What, um, what, what did we decide to do, man? One and the same, or should we do a little new brand? <laughs> Whatever you guys want to do. Yeah, go ahead. It's a little new brand. Okay. Sons of Queen. My-
There they go, Michael and Tanya from the War and Treaty. 
You can go to thewarentreaty.com for their music and their tour dates. Uh, their newest record is called The Healing Tide. It is delicious. Put it on your record player and sway around in your living room in your underwear. I recommend it. Uh, they're going to be playing all over the Midwest coming up. Uh, Nelsonville, Ohio at Nelsonville Music Fest. Uh, Detroit and Grand Rapids and Cleveland. Uh, and they have a really cool piece at the Bluegrass Situation, uh, thebluegrasssituation.com. You go to uh, their song premiere for It's In Your Heart. That was such a sweet song that came out August 10th, 2018. My Gang Dust Bowl Revival will be heading out for our biggest tour of the year uh, in June, starting June 14th in Pittsburgh, and then going to Sellersville, Pennsylvania, and playing Mountain Jam in Woodstock. New York, and then uh, we'll be heading all across New England and the Midwest and ending at Rompfest June 29th in Owensboro, Kentucky. If you want to be a, a big friend to the show, go on iTunes and write us a swell review. Write us a mediocre review. Any review gets us up the charts and gets people listening. And uh, that's the important thing, folks. New music that moves your heart, moves your soul. It's important. It's a democracy. Your vote, your click, it matters. The Show on the Road is hosted by me, Zach Lupiton, and produced by the handsome Hawaiian Chris Jacobs with support from the Bluegrass Situation team. If you love The Show on the Road, please leave us a review or rating over at iTunes.com slash show on the road. Tell your friends, and also be sure to check out BGS's ever-growing collection of podcasts up right now on the bluegrasssituation.com. The Show on the Road is a part of the BGS Podcast Network. This is Zach Lupiton. See you on the trail.